So we're rolling. Rolling, Tony. We're rolling. How you doing? I'm good. You know, I was sitting here, just like in front of the blank screen, just being like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Like, what's going I, on? I kept refreshing my email. I was like, where's the link? Where's the link? I was like, I don't want to like sound like a dick either, but like, did you send the link yet? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't send the link. So I'm glad you texted. Good, 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 good. I'm glad. <laughs> what's up, brother? Man, I'm like a little bit under the weather again. And it's oh, just man, so annoying because that was like, what, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But mm-hmm. I'm just sort of pretending it doesn't exist. I'm like. Mind over matter. Mind yeah. over matter. I like that. Yeah. I've got these awful allergies. I've never had allergies until I moved to Texas. Mm. And now the allergies here are wild. So it sounds like it sounds like I, I either just woke up or it sounds like my uh, like I have a cold. But it's just like my throat is just itchy, like crazy itchy right now. So. Went to an allergist yesterday morning, and hopefully they're going to be able to fix me up. It's like the world is conspiring to give you that sultry morning voice. Bro. <laughs> you know, I, I know um, I know you said you had a Q&A lined up, and maybe we, we could get into it. I'm not in the headspace, mentally or emotionally, to talk about fitness right now in okay. any way, shape, or form. And I know we're sort of backlogged on podcasts and I've been publishing in the order that we recorded them. But I'm thinking maybe use this opportunity to talk about what's going on in the Middle East and Israel and in Gaza and with the Israelis and the Palestinians and we'll publish it this Sunday just because it's very relevant right now. And um, I'm I'm not an expert on what's happening in the Middle East. This is something that I've been I've been involved in my whole life and uh, I I think I know much more than the average person having lived in Israel and uh, I've studied it I've read books on it and all that but I wouldn't consider myself an expert I think I just have above average knowledge on it and this podcast obviously is a it's for my business I enjoy doing it and I love I love it but I I have no interest in talking about business right now. And I I think that one of the greatest blessings that's come with building up an audience is being able to use my voice in a way that might help, if not educate people, at the very least, make sure they feel like they're not alone and hopefully inspire good change throughout the world in some small capacity. And um, it does not feel right for me to talk about fitness at this point in time. and. There are going to be so many caveats throughout this whole thing. What's happening there in Israel and in Gaza right now is devastating. And I know there will be many people who will be like, well, how come you didn't do it when it happened in Sudan? And how come you didn't do it when it happened in China? And how come you didn't do it when it happened? Listen, terrible things and atrocities are happening all day, every day in our hometowns, in our home countries, everywhere. This one has hit home for me and I think much of the world because it was broadcast live on TV. People uploaded videos of them committing horrific acts. But also, this is my people. This is, you know, and, and this, is, this is my people. This is why I, I, <laughs> so it hits home with me, and I'm much more educated on this than I am on what has happened in Sudan or what's happened in Iran or what's happened in China. Like, I don't know that stuff. This stuff I know. And so 
I think if all I was going to talk about were atrocities that happened around the world, then that would just be every day this podcast would be another atrocity happened. This is the one that I know about. And this is the one that I'm educated on. This is the one that I, I understand to some degree. So that's where I'm at. What do you think? Yeah, I'm here for you. So <laughs> taken in a different direction than, than we anticipated. I am. I think all of us are still very much processing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for you to support you and for you to take the lead. And uh, yeah, I just I'm just sort of I don't even know how to make sense of any of this. Yeah. Currently. So so I've I've been having many conversations about it over the last few days. And I mean, I've been having many conversations about this since I was a kid. Granted, the conversations I had about it as a kid were very biased. They were very biased. And and they came from like, I'm Jewish. Israel is our homeland. And I have to recognize the bias that I have if I'm going to be objectively honest. My goal here is not to say one side good, other side bad. If there's one thing that I think we've learned, hopefully learned at the very least over the last few years, is that governments lie to their citizens all the time. <laughs> like governments lie. The US government lies. The Israeli government can lie. The Palestinian government can lie. The Iranian government can lie. The United Nations can lie. Like governments lie. People lie. Scientists lie to fudge data. Like people lie. As I've gotten older and as I lived in Israel, uh, and as I've I've made many Palestinian friends and acquaintances, and I've I've looked into the history, I've realized every government lies all the time. So when I'm talking about this, I want to be objective and I want to be honest. And I think the most important this is the most important thing to say. This is the most important above all. There are innocent people dying on both sides right now, and it is absolutely fucking horrific. It is awful that innocent people are being massacred on both sides. Now, what I want you to do, Tony, is if you have any questions, either about what's happening now or historically, just let me know and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But there there seems to be a, a major point of contention based on on what just happened. And the major point of contention is we have the horrific massacres committed by Hamas just several days ago on October 7th, 2023, when Hamas terrorists infiltrated Israel and massacred innocent Israeli women, babies, toddlers, Holocaust survivors, elderly people, men, like innocent people, just massacred. Many of them weren't even Israeli. So far, as of today, as of the 12th of October, there are over 22 American citizens who have been killed. There are at least two Thai citizens. There are, are German citizens. There, It's not just Israeli. So Hamas terrorists came in and massacred over 1,000 innocent people. Now, there's not an, a, the other side, but the other point that is brought up is well, this is justified because of what has been happening to the Palestinian people. Now, I want to make something very clear. 
nothing justifies the death of innocent people, period. End of story. Yep. Nothing justifies that. And if you go down the route of this is justified, you have some serious, serious mental gymnastics you're going to have to go through because let's, let's just say you're living on American soil. Let's say you're an American, you're living on American soil. What is justified to happen to you because of the crimes committed by your government? Are, is it justified for you or your wife or your daughter to be raped because of crimes the U.S. has committed that maybe you don't know about or maybe you do know about? But what the fuck can you do about it? You're an American citizen. What can you do to prevent the crimes of your government? Is it then justified? You've got cobalt in your cell phone. How was that mined? How did they get that cobalt? Who was tortured? Who ha- who had unbelievable conditions in order where to work through? Who was killed? Who lost their lives in order to get that cobalt in your cell phone? Is it justified for you to be raped? Is it justified for your child to have their head cut off? Is it justified for any of that? Because you've got cobalt in your phone that someone died to get. Is that justified? Is it justified for the innocents that the United States government has killed? both here and overseas? Is it justified because the the United States dropped the atomic bomb on the Japanese? Would it be justified if the Japanese came over and and killed you, an American citizen? Is that justified? An innocent civilian who had nothing to do with any of it? So we have to understand the idea that this is saying it's justified on either side is completely and utterly incorrect. It's false, it's wrong, and it causes an unbelievable amount of damage. There is no justification for the murder and massacre and desecration of innocent people on both sides. Right now, we're talking about what happened on October 7th, 2023, when Hamas terrorists infiltrated Israel and massacred over 1,000 innocent people, Israelis and otherwise. Now, the reason they say it's justified is because of the oppression that the Palestinian people have gone through since the establishment of the state of Israel. Now, there's a lot that we can talk about, but the reality is we can't talk about this conflict without talking about the history of it. And this is what most people are just, they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. They have no clue what the hell they are talking about when it comes to the history of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It is arguably the single most complex topic in all of modern history that goes back 3,000 years if we go back and, and look at all of this. And, and I apologize if I, if I end up going all over the place. Um, I mean, no, I think that's a, a good place to start. Do you want to kind of give us the, the outline? Well, so there, there's something, one more thing I want to hit on before I move on which is, and it's going back to, you know, this being justified and and innocent civilians being killed. If you don't know much about Israel, especially modern day Israel, the political situation in Israel has been the most tense it's ever been since its inception in 1948. Currently, the prime minister is Benjamin Netanyahu. But I want you to think of Benjamin Netanyahu in in a similar way to Donald Trump. 
or Joe Biden, whatever it is. And I'll, I'll give an example. I think Trump would be a better example because um, in the United States, Donald Trump has a huge, huge, huge support and fan base. People who absolutely love him. And simultaneously, Donald Trump has a huge, huge group of people who fucking hate him and think he's the worst thing to happen to the entire world. People who liken him to Hitler, which is completely wrong. Like I could go down that. That's a whole rabbit hole I could go down, but no, he's not like Hitler. It diminishes how awful Hitler actually was. But think about all of the division in the United States simply over Trump. Now, Imagine if someone attacked the United States and United States civilians because of they don't like what Donald Trump did. But there's a really good chance they're killing American civilians who also hated Donald Trump and who protested against Donald Trump and want to see him put in prison. Benjamin Netanyahu is exactly the same way. Over the last few months in Israel, there have been hundreds of thousands of people protesting, and I should say peacefully protesting in Israel, not burning down stores and ravaging and stealing and and all the stuff that we've seen here in the States. Peaceful protests with hundreds of thousands of people who absolutely hate Donald Trump. Every single week, every week, or did I say protesting Donald Trump? I said yeah, I meant protesting yeah, Benjamin Yahoo. Netanyahu. Sorry. Protesting <laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, in the same way that in the United States we have people who love Trump and hate Trump, they have the same thing in Israel. And this this is one of the most important things to understand that we need to separate a government from its people. The government does not always represent the people. And unfortunately, I think the government very rarely represents what the people actually want. And this also holds true for Israel and not only Israel, but also the Palestinians. Let's talk about Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Now, a lot of people will will talk about, well, they have support. uh, They were elected. Let's talk about how Hamas was elected. In 2005, Hamas was democratically elected. Let's actually go back a little bit. Let's talk about this. Hamas was elected of Gaza, right? Now, Gaza is a teeny, tiny, teeny. The entire state of Israel is the size of New Jersey. Did you know that? The entire state of Israel. The whole country is the size of New Jersey. Gaza is this teeny, eensy, weensy, tiny strip of land that used to belong to Egypt. Israel won it in a war. During uh, peace deals, it was given back to Egypt. So many different things happened. In 2005, there are over 8,000, almost 9,000 Israeli families living in Gaza. And at this time, it is beautiful. It is, Israel's a beautiful country. It's gorgeous rich in nutrient soil and land. It's, it's gorgeous. In an attempt to broker peace with the Palestinian government, 
Israel unilaterally pulls out almost 9,000 Israeli families. And what does that look like? Well, Israel forcibly removed over 9,000 people from their homes, tore down their homes, and said, here you go to the Palestinian people. Here, here, this is your land now. And this was an attempt to broker peace. At that point, the Palestinian people, they were very upset at another leader in the Palestinian government because they felt like he had betrayed them because of something called the Oslo Accords. We're not going to get into all of these, these crazy things. But they, as a result, in the same thing that we see here, we see different governments elected. We, like, we've seen like Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat every four years, right? So because they didn't like what one person did, they voted for the other group, Hamas. They democratically elected Hamas. That was in 2005. And they were democratically elected for a four-year term. They are now 20 years in to their four-year term. Mm. And what I mean by that is they have become a dictatorship and they have not held another election. They have taken complete control and power, and they have not allowed another election to happen in Gaza. Hamas completely controls that area, completely controls the laws, the rules, the government, the people. There is no freedom of speech. There is no, like, it. it is, it, and, and in terms of the Palestinian support, there are some Palestinians who support them. A huge percentage do not. Now, it's difficult to get a legitimate understanding of who supports them and who doesn't, because if someone comes out and says they don't support them, they're killed. So it's very difficult to really know who's saying I support them and who's saying, oh, yeah, I support them. You know what I mean? Mm. It's It's not... We can't fully know, but we do know that there is not freedom of speech. There is not freedom of religion. There is not, there is not freedom there. And Hamas is keeping its people there and doing horrible things to them. Now, here's something that a lot of people don't understand and they, they don't think about. Everyone says, well, Israel's blocking them in. Israel's keeping them in. Israel's keeping them in. I want, if you're listening and that's what you've been told, open up a map. Go to Google and open up a map right now. Tony, do that right now for me. I'm doing it. Google a map of which countries border Gaza map. And let's see what comes up. So it says Gaza borders Israeli territory on its northeastern and southeastern sides and Egypt to its southwest. Egypt. That's exactly right. Gaza has a border with Israel and with Egypt. Now, this is something no one talks about. Why is it only that Israel is keeping them locked in, but no one says Egypt is locking them in? This is a big problem. The residents of Gaza are living in unbelievable poverty. They have over 2 million people in this tiny strip of land. The poverty is outrageous. A huge percentage of people are under 40 years old because the life expectancy is so short. It's, it's terrible living conditions. And my heart bleeds 
for the innocent civilians in Gaza. Why is no one talking about Egypt having a border with them? And why doesn't Egypt let them through? Well, there are many reasons for this far beyond my level of knowledge, but one of them is because Egypt doesn't like Hamas. And Egypt doesn't want to open a border with a government that is controlled by a terrorist organization, just as Israel doesn't want the border to be open to a country that is controlled by a terrorist organization. Now, the main difference is Israel does allow Palestinians in and out of Gaza. It is unbelievably difficult. It's They have a border wall, security wall. It's become incredibly difficult for innocent Palestinians to get out. There are some Palestinians you can easily find. They, they live in Gaza. They work in Israel. They need work permits to get in and out. Why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult for Palestinians to get in and out of this wall? Let's go back to what I said about 2005. Israel unilaterally pulls out of Gaza, removes 8,600 families from Gaza, destroys their homes. No one ever talks about this. It says, okay, here you go. Well, now the residents have a, are closer to Israel. And what did we just see on October 7th, 2023? We saw a complete and utter massacre, the worst massacre, the, the most number of Jewish deaths since the Holocaust on October 7th, 2023. Now we have a militant group, a terrorist group of people, uh, the Hamas, not all Palestinians. All Palestinians don't want to kill Israelis. It's not, not how it works at all, just as all Israelis don't want to kill Palestinians. We have a, a terrorist group and we have many people who do want to kill Israelis. And terrorist bombings, suicide bombings, just overall killing of innocent Israelis skyrockets after that point. Skyrockets. Now, when does a country decide we need to stop this? And how do we stop this? If we, you can Google this, you can look up all of the, the horror. There, was, there were school buses, suicide bombers went on school buses filled with children, killed all of them in Israel, throwing grenades in cars with families, going into homes and slaughtering them, just like we saw. At a certain point, the Israeli government needed to do something. And unfortunately, it had horrible repercussions on the Palestinian people. So they built a wall. They built a fucking wall around Gaza and made it incredibly difficult for Palestinian civilians to get in and out. It's so sad, Tony, I can't even begin to tell you. There's Because the wall, there were families who were living right next to each other. Imagine you live next to your parents. You live right next to you. You can go over anytime you want, dinner, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, the government says, hey, we're going to build a wall right here. So you're still the same distance from your parents, but now it's going to take you over two hours to get to see them because we put a wall right in between you. It's terrible, but it's saving Israeli lives. So who's right? What, it, right it's like it's so <laughs> mind-bogglingly difficult because – that wall has decreased terrorist attacks on innocent Israeli civilians by over 95%. So innocent Israeli civilians are now living better as a result of it, but innocent Palestinian civilians are now living worse as a result of it. Who's right? Hmm. And this is where it becomes a mind fuck. And this is where we need to understand that the government of the Palestinian people is a terrorist 
organization, and we need to separate Hamas from Palestinians, and we need to separate Israeli government from Israeli civilians. They are different entities. And I want to be very clear. The Israeli government has done some terrible things. Period. Just like any government has done terrible things. The Israeli government has done some terrible things. But that doesn't justify the slaughter of innocent Israeli civilians, women, children, infants. Doesn't justify it. I've seen so many people coming out in my DMs and also in the comment sections justifying the slaughter that just happened, saying things like, oh, well, it didn't happen. They didn't kill the women and children. In what other situation would that be okay to say, oh, well, you're lying about that. You're lying. Like, we know, we saw. It was broadcast on video. They uploaded the videos. So I know I've sort of been all over the place. Do you have any questions at this point? Yeah, I think, I mean, even just that last statement, it sort of begs the question, how much of this sort of black and white conversation, this black and white, and I don't even want to call it dialogue because it doesn't even seem to be dialogue. It's just people talking past each other. How much of this is just due to to the media and the current state of information? Because, I mean, that that just blew my mind that you're getting those messages right now. Oh, bro, I'm getting and it. sounds like that, lots of yeah, them. A lot. Yeah. A lot of messages of them. And dude, it's it's bad. I'm getting a lot of messages of people cheering for the death of these innocent babies, toddlers, children, women, elder. I'm getting people saying it's justified. I'm getting people saying I'm gonna die I'm a Zionist pig. I'm get I'm getting like the worst of the worst of the worst messages you could imagine on an on a minute by minute basis. And these people are I'm guessing these are not your f- regular followers. These are other people that are seeking you out to tell mm, you this. Some of them have been following me for a long time. Some of them have followed me for a long time and they've just held different views. And I can scroll back through their, our messaging history and see that every time I've gone to Israel, they've gotten upset about it, but then they quickly forget it. But now it's so much more heated because this is the first time that they're... Israel's response to this is going to be devastating for the innocent Palestinians. And it already has been. It already has been utterly horrifying. I couldn't imagine being an innocent Palestinian living in Gaza right now or being a family member of an innocent Palestinian living in Gaza. And let's talk about this. People say, well, why why doesn't Israel just target military points? It's a great question. Number one, we have to remember, if you Google search the size of Gaza, it is tiny. And there are 2 million people packed in there. Equally more important than that, Hamas fires rockets and stores weapons in hospitals, residential homes and buildings, schools. They conduct military operations from civilian areas deliberately and in the world that we live in today it's it's all about pr and propaganda and the reason someone can justify the slaughter of innocent people the reason they can arrive to that point mentally 
is because they've been brainwashed via propaganda. Because they've been led to believe that it is justified through through outrageous amounts of brainwashing and propaganda. That's how the Holocaust can happen. That's how anything like it's it's propaganda. And when Hamas is firing from innocent civilian areas, they're doing it, hoping Israel will bomb them and kill innocent Palestinian civilians. Because then they can say, look. This is our oppressor. This is the real evil. Look at what they've done. And I'm, I'm like, that's 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 the most gruesome war crime. You're using your civilians as human shields, literally. And it, it, again, I couldn't imagine being an innocent Palestinian civilian. They they've got it so bad. They they are living in an open air prison captive to their own government that won't let them out they can't get out to egypt it's unbelievably difficult to get into israel and now it's impossible israel's closed the border completely and their own government is using them as human shields it's horrifying to the greatest degree so i don't even know where i was going with that one but i forget what you had asked well yeah Touching on propaganda and mm. and media in general, I guess a thought that enters my mind is there's this constant desire for equivocation, right? Mm. Like, mm. you know, if the Republicans did this, well, that justifies the Democrats doing that. Or mm -hmm. if Republicans did this, well, the Democrats did that before. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that there is a there's a psychological difference for an outside observer mm -hmm. to see what happened on the seventh mm -hmm. versus to hear about bombs or missiles. Yeah. Yep. As a, just a headline with numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really hard for people to for for myself to make sense of what any of that means mm -hmm. in, in terms of actual human life and despair, right? Mm -hmm. I've even seen people talking about Ukraine in the context of what's happening in Israel-Palestine. Mm -hmm. It's like different forms of violence seem to weigh differently to people. Um, and I don't have a point to all this. I'm just sort That's of okay. thinking out loud as to like how people might arrive to conclusions that I wouldn't given what's mm -hmm. going on. Right. So let's give some historical context now, because I started to do that and then I, I stopped. One of the reasons that people will say this is justified is because they say Israel stole the land. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because this is something that is completely misunderstood and often misrepresented. We can go back 3,000 years. And I don't even want to bring in religious texts. I just, even though religious texts can be used as historical proof, I just want to talk about historical facts. Now, one of the things that many, many of the messages that I get are saying, well, you stole the land from us, you stole the land from us. And, and I had a couple interactions yesterday in which I said, 
this is actually very important for me to say. Jews and Palestinians are cousins. We are not enemies. We're cousins. And when I say that, I mean, we've lived and shared that land for thousands of years. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We've shared it. We, we were there together living in relative peace thousands of years ago. And a couple of the conversations I had yesterday, people saying, you weren't there thousands of years ago. I said, what do you mean? They said it was only Arabs. The Palestinians were only Arabs. They were not Jews. They were, they were Muslims. They were not Jews. And there's a very simple discussion. It's actually crazy that a number of people have said this to me because it's just basic history 101. But let's just talk about one major thing. And I always ask them this. And a couple of the times people have been like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, which is great. If Jews were not there thousands of years ago, who built the Western Wall? Okay, so the Western Wall, it's a wall of the, of the second temple. It's the holiest site in all of Judaism. This is where like the presidents go to pray. This is where the presidents go. This yeah, is yeah. the holiest site in Judaism. And it's <laughs> directly next to the Dome of the Rock, which is one of the holiest sites, not the holiest. I think it's like the top three or top five holiest sites in Islam. The wall was built first. It was actually, it was a whole temple. It was destroyed by the Romans. If the holiest site in Judaism that was built by Jews is in Jerusalem, how can you possibly say Jews weren't there? And this is just one of many, 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 many examples. But the fact of the matter is that Jews and Palestinians Arabs, Muslims shared Christians. that land together. Christians, yeah, and if we're talking about timeline, Christians came came a little bit later, but Christians did share it as well. Well, actually, it was Jews. It's hard to figure out which term to use, but I would say Palestinians and Jews shared it, and then obviously Christianity came a little bit later, but then Islam came even a little bit after that. But either way, the the major point here is that Jews and Palestinians, Jews and Arabs shared that land together, which is why, by the way, we look so fucking similar. We look basically the same. We speak very similarly. Our languages have so many similarities. We shared that land together, dating back thousands of years ago. Now, I'll talk about something really quick. My wife converted to Judaism. And I know people are going to get really upset. Like, oh, why'd you make her convert? I didn't make my wife convert. My wife chose to convert. It was funny. Uh, we were going to get, and this is an aside, but after I proposed, we were talking about getting married and I asked who she would want to be married by. And she was like, I, I don't have anyone who I want to marry me. And I was like, I would, you know, it'd be great if my rabbi who I've known my whole life could, could marry us. And she was like, I would love that. And my rabbi, we got on the phone with him and, and, you know, he said, listen, I would love to marry you. The truth is, like, I can only do weddings for a, a Jewish marriage for two people who are Jewish. And in my mind, I immediately go, okay, then I'm going to have to get someone else to marry us. And my now wife, she says, well, how do I become Jewish? That was the first, she, how do I become Jewish? I want to become Jewish. And the process of becoming Jewish is very difficult. It's, it's not <laughs> like there are other religions where, you know, all, 
you say you, you believe and then you believe and then all right that's it it takes a long time you have there are you have to it's you have to study for sometimes years you have to give a presentation in front of what's called an uh, an orchdin in which you basically have to present like your what you've learned and your thoughts it's it's a whole process it's like a full-time job and throughout her study she couldn't there's just a lot of historical study she couldn't believe how much she learned about Jewish history and how Jews have been oppressed historically. It's, it's wild. During this time that Jews and Arabs are living in the same place, there's relative peace. And of course, there are, there are skirmishes here and there in general, but like there's relative peace. But anyone who understands the history of that land, it had been taken over by so many different empires the Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, that over, and I'm not going to go deep and deep and deep into the history, but so many different empires came, slaughtered the Jews, and then they left, came, slaughtered the Jews, left, came, slaughtered the Jews, and left. And so over time, many Jews left that area, and they dispersed, much of which going to Eastern Europe. There were still Jews there. It's not like every single Jew left. There were still many hundreds of thousands of Jews in that area, in what was then known as Palestine. It was under the British government rule. It was then coined Palestine, but there was no Palestinian government. It was actually under British rule. Jews had dispersed over Eastern Europe. And starting around 1917, World War I, World War II, Jews start to come back to Israel because they've realized we need a place in which we can be safe. We need our own home. We need the place that that we the one place that we can be safe. Because obviously, World War One, World War II, especially, Jews very quickly realized they can't be safe. They can't just be trusted to live anywhere because. They can easily be slaughtered. And we've seen this all throughout history, starting well before the Holocaust happened. So Jews start a mass, mass migration back home to their ancestral homeland. And a lot of people got pissed about that. Now we can then talk about, well, what happened once the Jews got there? There were, in the same way here in the United States, some people get really upset when people move here, we see this historically in basically every land. Anywhere where someone's living, new people want to come live there, they don't like it, right? And like, <laughs> it, it's, it's not hard to imagine. Now we're living in the United States. There's a lot of hate towards people who move here from other places. There's a lot. It's very difficult. So it's not hard to imagine, not difficult to imagine that if a large number of people are starting to come back, the people who are already there are not going to like it. It's change. People don't like change. So there are a lot of skirmishes. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of violence. Some started by the Jews. Some started by the Arabs. Both started it. There were some horrific things that the Jewish people did. There were some horrific things that the Arabs there did. They both did horrible shit to each other. And anyone with the slightest knowledge of history on this can recognize that objectively. 
I know there will be some Jewish people who get mad at me for saying this. It's like, oh, you, no, you can't say that. It's like, I am Jewish and I, and I love my people. But above all, I'm, I'm team human. And I think part of being team human is recognizing that if, if, if people, I don't know these Jews who did these terrible things. I don't take responsibility for what they did, but I can objectively realize that some of them did terrible things. And that doesn't take away from me in the same way that I can objectively realize that some of the Arabs did terrible things when the Jews wanted to move there. They both did. Now we're getting into much more modern history. In 1948, after the Holocaust, after 6 million Jews were killed, the United Nations decided to recognize Israel as the Jewish state. This is remarkable. There's one Jewish state in the world now. It is the size of New Jersey. There are over 20 nations that are Arab nations. And many of them don't like Israel simply because they're Jews. The day that Israel, that David Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister of Israel, declares Israel as the Jewish state, the Jewish nation, and the United Nations recognizes it, Israel, again, the size of New Jersey, is attacked from all sides. Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Syria, five countries all at once simultaneously attack Israel. Five nations with immense military force attack a brand new nation, a nation that had just been formed after the Holocaust. There's no way that Israel can win this fight. But they did. On every front, on every border, Israel won. Now here, this is what Palestinians call the Nakba. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. Simultaneously, one of the greatest moments for Israel and for the Jewish citizens is one of the worst moments for Palestinian civilians because they're living there at the same time. There is clearly a war about to start at the moment that David Ben-Gurion announces Israel is the, is the first Jewish nation. And leading up to this, these Arab nations are preparing for war. And people in the country can tell. People in, in Israel, or at, the, at that point prior to it being Israel, know this is, this is about to be a huge freaking war. So initially, the most wealthy of the Palestinians, they leave, which is what the wealthy do when things aren't going well, because they have the means. They can leave. They leave early. And to my knowledge, it's about like 30,000 of the most wealthy, they leave, they get out, they go to neighboring Arab countries. And these other Arab nations start calling and basically saying to all of the, the Arabs that are there, all the Palestinians that are there, leave your homes, get out, because we are going to attack with a force that you cannot imagine. Anybody there will be seen as a renegade and we will kill you. 
And once we go in and once we destroy everyone there, you can go back and have your homes. So many Arabs left. Which, let's talk about this. Like, if you knew that there was going to be an insane war, and all odds were against the people who were, if you stayed where you were, you'd probably be like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. So a lot of them left. A lot of them took their entire families, left everything they had ever known, and they left thinking that the Jews were going to die. Well, Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Egypt, all attack. And against the craziest odds, the ultimate David and Goliath scenario, Israel wins. Well, now we've got a big fucking problem, Tony. Now we've got hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who've just left. And now they want to come back to their homes. But the Jews are saying, you left thinking we were going to die. You only left because you thought we'd be killed. Now, what often goes under discuss is that there were many Palestinians who did stay. There were many Arabs who did stay and fought on the side of Israel. And they still live right where they were back then. They still have their homes. They're still there. But I didn't know about this. Many Palestinians stayed. And many fought. in Haifa stayed. They stayed and fought. Yeah, I didn't know. I never heard about that. So there were some Palestinians that came back and they were able to get their homes back. But most did not. And that is also unbelievably sad. I can understand both sides. I have a family. I have a wife. I have a daughter. If I heard there was going to be a war, I'd want to take my family out. Even if I don't have hate for the Jews, even if I don't have hate for whoever is here, I don't want my family at risk. I'm leaving. And when I find out that I can come back, it's like I would like to have my house back. But I can also understand the other side saying, you should have fought with us. You should have been here. Then you'd have this house. And instead, more Jews continued to come to Israel, and that land was given to Jews. Now, I'm going to get hate from both sides from this podcast. Both sides. Jews are going to hate me. Palestinians are going to hate me. There were many Jews who did buy land from Palestinians during this time. That did happen. Absolutely, it happened. We have the deeds to prove it. But there was also a lot of just displacement. There, was, there were a lot of Palestinians who were left homeless and did not sell their land. It's so difficult because the reality is, again, coming back to what we spoke about early on, on both sides, innocents have been hurt throughout all of history. Innocent Jews, innocent Palestinians, innocent Arabs, innocent Muslims, like on both sides. And nothing justifies that. Nothing justifies the suffering of innocent people. I'm doing my best to relay the, the history and the knowledge to the best of my ability and trying to stay objective. But even when I, when I look at that situation objectively, it's like, what's the right answer there? Yeah. 
the right answer is going to be whatever side your family is on, right? It's like whatever side you agree with, whatever your family is. And I'm doing my best to separate myself from that. I'm doing my best. And the reality is both sides have suffered immeasurably. And so Israel became a nation. Many Palestinians were displaced. And this is why Palestinians say Israel stole the land. It's not as simple as stole it. They fought for it. And now we can talk about, okay, let's say you're living on American soil. If you are so, so, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not comparing, I'm not saying what Israel did is what Americans did to the Native Americans. What Americans did to Native Americans is way, way worse on every freaking level. But let's talk about that. If you're living on American soil, and you feel so strongly that Hamas is justified in killing innocent Israeli civilians, then I hope you have that same energy and give your land back to Native Americans. Because you're sitting on land that was not yours, that was not Americans. The only reason we have this land is because we came and we slaughtered. We did far, we, what, what Americans did is nothing like what Israelis did. It is, it is very different. There were not nations coming in trying to attack us. It, it, is, it is different in almost every single way. But if you think that Palestinians are justified, but then you're sitting in your home on American soil, you better go donate your land back to Native Americans right now. And if they decided to cut your head off and rape you and kill you when you did that, then you better say that was justified. That's the same energy. How are you feeling? Feels good to talk about it. I, I know I'm going to lose a lot of business from this. I mean, a lot I of people so. are very angry. I'm, I'm sure we're probably going to a lot of to get a lot of very negative reviews because the there will be Jews who say I'm not being loyal and I'm saying things incorrect, and there will be Palestinians who say I'm biased and that you know I, I'm painting them in a bad light. And all I'm trying to do is just be objective and honest. And again, I'm not an expert in this. I have, I've studied this my whole life. I've, I've been interested in this my whole life. I've lived there. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I think I know much more than the average individual. And all I'm trying to do is show the history to the best of my ability and show the pain on both sides to the best of my ability. And I was very nervous to talk about this because I know it's going to lead to a lot of hate. I know it's going to lead to a lot of negative reviews. But it feels really good to talk about it and put it out there because I know I, I'm, I keep getting so many people asking me to talk about it and, and yeah. give information. And, and here's the way that I think about it is I knew from the moment I started posting about this on my Instagram, I was going to get hate. I was going to, it was going to hurt business. But if I didn't talk about it, I would regret it. If I, if I did talk about it and I lost business as a result of it, I would still know that I did the right thing. But if I didn't talk about it and my business did really, really well, mm. I would hate myself. And so the, re the reality is both sides suffer. Both sides put out propaganda. Both sides have done terrible things. 
But when I say sides, I mean the governments. I don't mean the people. And no innocent people, Jews or Israelis, Palestinians or Muslims or Christians, no one, no innocent civilians deserve to be slaughtered, raped, mutilated, desecrated. And it's happening on both sides. And there is no justification for it. And if you try and search for the justification, you are the personification of morally bankrupt. I think it's so important to focus on the humanity in all of this. And I think you've done a really good job of just emphasizing that. And so I thank you for that. This conflict has been going on for generations. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you brought it back thousands of years, but even the modern context, um, as generations of people have lived through this, grown up with it, had children, their children have grown up with it as someone that's, you know, maybe a little more familiar with the situation than the average American. What do you think is the off-ramp for this? What do you think needs to happen for this to to stop, for peaceful coexistence to be possible? Oh, man, that's the ultimate question. Um, my ultimate... Oh, man. All right. Here's the deal. Number one, there needs to be a two-state solution in which both states can live peacefully. The issue, there are many issues, but here's, in my opinion, the greatest issue. In Hamas's charter, another word for charter is constitution. In Hamas's charter, they call for the explicit death of all Jews. Not just Israel, and not just the Jews in Israel. I mean all Jews, period. It is impossible for peace to exist when this terrorist organization will not rest until they've eliminated all Jews. So a two-state solution can't happen until both sides want peace. Now, this is one of the most amazing things about Israel. And again, Israel has done horrific things. The government has done horrific things. I'm not saying it hasn't. But when you go to Israel, and I can always tell when someone's been versus when they haven't. When you go to Israel, there are Palestinians, there are Muslims, there are Arabs, there are Christians, there are Jews living and working peacefully together, side by side. You don't see the same. I'll never forget, I went to Jordan, which is a beautiful country, and I was kicked out of a store because they saw that I was Jewish. If I went into the Gaza, Gaza or the West Bank, I would be killed immediately. I would be taken hostage immediately. 
Israel is the, why is Israel America's ally as opposed to any of these other nations? And like, why, why is Hamas labeled a terrorist organization? And why is Israel America's ally? Israel's the only democracy in the Middle East where everyone has equal rights. It's where gays, lesbians, women, everyone from every religion has equal rights. Arabs, Palestinians, they, they serve as judges. They serve, they, they work as doctors and lawyers and professors. Israel's the only democracy in the Middle East. Freedom of speech is fully allowed. You can protest your government without fear of being imprisoned or killed. So this is a an honest question. I'm not trying to quibble. I, I, I just want to know, is there a distinction between, because aren't you only a citizen if you are Jewish? No. So where did that come from? Is that is that just something that is totally off? That's completely inaccurate. So okay. Jews can become a citizen just by their birthright of being Jewish. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to be Jewish to become a citizen. There are, let's look at, let's Google this real quick. Um, Yeah, because for some reason that was in my mind and I don't know why. Let's Google the percentage of citizens who are, percentage of citizens in, in Israel that are not Jewish. Let's look. Okay. Jews make up the majority at 73.5% about 7.145 million individuals. The Arab community, spanning various religions, including Judaism, accounts for 21% of 2.48 million people. An additional 5.5%, roughly 534,000 individuals are classified as others. There are about 18.1% of the people living in Israel are Muslim. Let's see... Okay, so in the last year, the population increased by almost 200,000, 2%. The Jewish population is 7,181,000, 73%. 21.1% are Arabs, and others identified as non-Arab, Christians, Baha'i, uh, Samaritans, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses. So the short answer is no. You do yeah. not need to be Jewish to be a citizen. Yeah, thank you. And you do not need to be Jewish to vote. And you do not need to be Jewish to serve as a judge, as a lawyer, as a doctor. No, that that is false. I'm glad you asked. So what needs to happen? There's a saying. If Hamas stopped firing rockets at Israel, there would be peace. If Israel stopped firing rockets, there'd be no Israel. And a lot of people get mad at me and say like, oh, you're hating against the Palestinians. This isn't against the innocent Palestinians. This is, I'm for the Palestinian people. And I'm devastated that Hamas fires rockets from their homes, from their schools, from their hospitals. The the enemy is Hamas. And here's something that is, is, this is something that I think a lot of people don't know and need to hear. Hamas has obviously sworn to kill all Jews. 
what do you think would happen if once they killed all the Jews? Who's next? Do you think it just ends with the Jews and they're just going to let everybody else just live their lives? You think they're going to let the Christians just, oh yeah, you believe in your God and, and we'll be very peaceful. Is that what ISIS did? Hmm. Absolutely not. A, a former leader of Hamas yesterday made a video calling for a global jihad on this Friday the 13th. Basically saying, what I want you to do, wherever you are in the world, if you believe in our cause, did you see what we just did in Israel on October 7th? I want you to do the same wherever you are. If you kill Jews, great. If you kill Christians, great. This is not just the Israeli-Palestinian conflict anymore. And it never has been just that. This is a fight for democracy. This is a fight for freedom of speech, for freedom of religion. And the Palestinians deserve that as much as anybody. Hamas is the enemy. And Hamas does not represent what Palestinian civilians, the majority of them really want. The majority of them want peace. The majority of them want freedom. And in order for peace to come, we have to understand that we can't have a terrorist organization who has sworn the death of all people in charge. And Israel is using this as an opportunity to hopefully get rid of Hamas. The horrifying truth of that is that many innocent Palestinians have already have and will die in that process because of Hamas. Which also, and I know by the time this is published on Sunday, it will be after that day of global jihad requested by the former uh, Hamas leader. But I want to be, I, I want to encourage extreme caution to everyone listening. Whether you're in the Middle East, whether you're in America, whether you're wherever you are in the world, please be aware of your surroundings. Please be very aware. Of your like I told my wife, uh, I'm supposed to fly to Miami on Sunday for a podcast, and then New York. I'm not going. I'm not going right now. It is. It is too volatile, and we don't know what we're about to see. We don't know what we're about to see, especially after that call for a global jihad on October 13th, and it's October 12th right now. So when you're listening, it will already be past that. But as a recording, it's it's the day before. There have been insane riots all over the world. In Australia, Palestinian supporters were chanting, gas the Jews by the thousands. And I want to clarify again, this isn't, these terrorists are, they, they yes, they want to kill Jews, but they'll kill anybody. And these are not, it's not, again, I hate that I have to keep clarifying. I'm not saying Palestinians, I'm saying Hamas terrorists they are not the same you can't use hamas and palestinian civilian interchangeably they're not hamas is a terrorist organization and they will kill anybody that doesn't believe what they believe and their goal is to have a worldwide radical islamist state and they'll do whatever it takes and if you think that that is an exaggeration then you have not been keeping up with history and not just history long ago, modern history. You're not keeping up. You don't understand what's going on. I'll tell you one of the scary things. The southern border has been 
and I know this is a huge contentious topic, but fuck it. I've already ruined my business. So let's just keep going. <laughs> Over 200,000 people have been flooding into the Southern border every month. And people will often think it's, it's, it's just Mexicans or it's just Venezuelans or it's just Colombians or it's just whoever it is. If you think that this is not being used as an opportunity for radical terrorists to come into the southern border and establish cells here in the United States, you are out of your mind. It's one of the major reasons the southern border need, needed to be fortified is to prevent radical terrorists from coming in and establishing cells. This is, this is not a conspiracy. This is a fact. And it's petrifying. And I'm an, an eternal optimist, but I'm also a realist. And the reality is that these things can happen at any point in time. 9-11 wasn't long ago. It's crazy to see how much division we've accrued since 9-11. It's crazy to see how, much, how quickly people forget history. It's, it's wild to me. And so my, my one recommendation would be to exercise extreme caution and be hyper aware. I would encourage everyone to carry a tourniquet with them. You should have a medical bag with you at all times. I'm a huge supporter of the Second Amendment which I know will get, uh, I'm really canceling my business right now. Huge support of the Second Amendment. I would encourage everyone, and if you don't know how to use a weapon, then you should not carry one. You are much more of a danger if you if you just carry one, but you don't know how to use it. You should be trained in it if you're going to carry it. But we're about to see, I, I very unfortunately think, some very crazy shit. And I think that a lot of the people who've been blindly supporting Hamas without understanding what they do, are about to realize that if they if if they were in Gaza, Hamas would throw them off a building. Hamas would cut their head off. Hamas would rape them. Hamas would massacre them. It's very easy for people to support an organization that they don't understand and that they they've just they've heard on the fringe of what it might represent until that organization is on their doorstep and they realize oh if I don't do what this organization says then I'm in deep trouble that's what that organization represents and and going back to the original question well what do we do Hamas needs to be stopped and we need to we need to eradicate it and we need to free the innocent palestinians from their captors of Hamas and then we need to explore two-state solutions, and we need to make sure that innocent Palestinians get what they deserve. We need to make sure innocent Palestinians are cared for in the same way that innocent Israelis need to be cared for. The reality is Israelis have it much better right now than innocent Palestinians. They do. They, they live a much better life. There's no doubt about it. And we need to make sure that innocent Palestinians get taken care of. And the first way we do that is we need to remove Hamas. Consider Hamas, this might be a bad analogy, but Hamas is like the abusive abusive boyfriend that is not letting the the woman leave. He keeps her captive. He abuses her. He tortures her. Well, how do we how do we get this person to to safety? We remove the boyfriend. Remove the abusive boyfriend. That that's what has has to happen first. That's it. So I do have one question that I'd like to ask if if you think that 
we're about towards the end here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just give me one second. Is this a calorie question? <laughs> it is not a calorie <laughs> question. But we've got some really great questions, by the way. I'm just scrolling through some of them. Um, <laughs> so let me see if there's a date on this. There is not, but this was probably from last week. This is from Grace. Hey, Tony, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I was hoping I can ask a question for next time. It's not 100% fitness related, but Jordan always seems so positive. I'd love to hear how he maintains this outlook, especially when shit gets hard. Thanks. It's mm, a great question for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I am an internal optimist, and I, I, I am very, very positive. Here's what I think. I think optimism and positivity is a choice. I do. It's been very difficult for me the last couple of days. I've been in a, I've been probably in the worst mental, emotional space I've been in in as long as I can remember. I think it's a choice in terms of, well, how do you stay positive? How do you stay optimistic? Now, oh, you can probably hear my daughter in the background. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that helps me stay positive. Instant too. smiles, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what I think is this, I think the vast majority of people truly do want what is best and what is right for, for everyone. The vast majority of people, I think the vast majority are good. They have good intentions. Now here's an interesting thing. Even though the vast majority of people are good, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone says and does things that they regret, that they don't like. If every single one of us were defined by the worst thing that we ever did, <laughs> we would all be fucking terrible people. If each and every single one of us were defined by the worst thing we ever did, by the worst thing we ever said, we'd be horrible, horrible, awful people. Imagine if every one of us were defined by the best thing we ever did the most generous, the most kind thing you ever did. Well, then all of a sudden we would be the most amazing, incredible, kind, supportive, encouraging, selfless people. I don't think we can be defined by either the best thing or the worst thing. I think we're defined by our average. And on average, I think we're very good people. I think we're kind. I think we're supportive. I think we're caring. And I think our intent above all else is we just want good. We want people to do well. We want ourselves to do well. We want everyone to do well. And we want to do well, not at the expense of others, but with others. We want to rise as a community. We want to rise, everyone, everyone to be better. There are some people who would like to see people torn down, but it's the minority. It's the minority of people. So with that in mind, knowing that I think the vast majority of us do truly want what's best, it's hard not to be positive. It's not hard. It's hard not to be optimistic. If I wasn't an optimist, I I probably wouldn't make this podcast, this episode specifically, because I know I'm going to get hate for it. I know we're like my reviews are about to go down a lot. Like we're about to get a lot of one stars, hmm. probably more than ever before. Definitely more than ever before. So if you do like the podcast, you can hear my daughter in the background screaming. Uh, if you do like, like podcast, leave a five star review, leave a five star review, please. <laughs> <Hold it. laughs> 
if this was helpful, if it was enlightening, if you do appreciate how honest I'm really trying to be and how objective I'm trying to be, please leave a five-star review and let me know because you're going to need to balance out the one stars that come with this one. But if I wasn't an optimist, I wouldn't have made this episode. And um, going back to the original point, I, I do think it's a choice. You get to choose. You get to choose. And um, I don't think it's a, a coincidence that I've spent more time on my phone and on news in the last 72 hours than I have ever before. And I'm in the worst mental state that I've ever been in. <laughs> like, and obviously it's around terrible, 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 terrible things that have happened. But that's what the news does is they show terrible things. They just now, the, the news is very happy right now. Their ratings are going way up. Their advertisers are happy. Everyone's super happy. They're keeping people on their toes. Just like the news was happy when COVID was first hitting in 2020 because everyone was glued to the TV. It's like, no matter what, bad things are going to happen and the news is going to report on it. And, and usually I say, don't watch the news. 99.9% I, I, .9 of the time I'd say, don't watch the news. And in fact, even now I would say, don't watch the news. It's not helping you. Hopefully, hopefully this will encourage you to number one make the the positive optimistic choice number two understand that we all have good intent the palestinian supporters and the israeli supporters even though when we're looking at the the, the parades or the demonstrations or whatever they're they're going at each other's throats they're mad you have to remember they're all it's actually it reminds me a lot of the uh Man, I'm going to get ultimate canceled. It reminds me a lot of the the pro-life, pro-choice demonstrations and rallies, right? Now, when we look at that, I'm talking about gun control, talking about abortion. Talk, dude, this is just like, talking all, about Israeli-Palestinian the... conflict. Like, let's talk about the most <laughs> controversial shit ever, and let's just see my business just go, to the, go into the ground, tank. But when we look at that, when we look at pro-life, pro-choice, and you see people going at each other's throats and, and literally people dying in these rallies, be getting killed. Well, what are, what are both of these groups want? They both are fighting for what they believe to be right. And not just right, but what they believe to be just. The pro-life crowd is fighting for life. They're fighting for the life of an unborn child. The pro-choice crowd is fighting for the life and the freedoms of the woman. They both are fighting for what they truly believe to be just. And the other side paints them as evil. This side is evil and evil and evil. And I can see both sides and I can understand why they would say that. But you have to remember, they're not doing it because they're like, I'm evil and I believe this is the side. They're doing it because I'm just and I believe that this is right. And I believe that this individual, either this child, this unborn child, or this woman deserves this right. Either the child deserves the right to life and this woman deserves the right to freedom and her health. Both sides are doing it because they believe that the, the person deserves that right and they believe they're just. So we're looking at the Israelis and the Palestinians now. The Israelis are often fighting for the right to live. And, and we can look at and explore anti-Semitism historically and, and how Jews have historically been persecuted and killed just in, in outrageous numbers throughout the years. And they're fighting for their, their right to live. And the Palestinian supporters are fighting for the Palestinians' right to live, to be free, to live not in an open-air prison, 
they're all fighting for human life. That's what they're fighting for. And they've all been brainwashed through propaganda. And they've all been told the other side is evil. And the reality is in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, at this point in time, Hamas is the point is the thing that needs to go. Now, Hamas is relatively new, starting in 2005 or so, or 2007, whenever it was elected. And so then we can go into the history and, and all of that. And that's where a lot of the, the people are going to be upset in regard to what I said. But the truth is, people just want, they're, they're fighting for what they believe to be right and just. That's what people are doing. No one, no one that I know, except for Hamas, which I don't know Hamas personally, no one wants to see the death of innocence truly in their heart. They, they don't want to. Some of them are justifying it now, but if they're justifying it, it's because they've been brainwashed through propaganda. So I don't even know if this is answering your question, but the, the long, 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 long roundabout answer is we all want what's right. We all want what's just. And when you start viewing the quote unquote other side from the perspective of they just want what's right and just for humans, well, now you can start to understand and view them with a little bit more empathy and say they're not trying to, they don't want to hurt innocent people. They're fighting for what they believe to be right for life. The the quote that I, one of my favorite quotes of all time, we often judge ourselves by our intent and others by their actions. Mm. It's an incredibly powerful quote. You judge yourself by what you intended to do and you judge others by what they they actually did. If we all judged each other by our by their intent, I think so many disagreements and arguments would go away. I think we'd all be much more optimistic because the intent of the vast majority of people is always, always good. When you can understand that, then I think you can really start to understand people better and have a more optimistic perspective. Yeah. If even just one person listens to that and opens their heart a little bit, you know, I think I think that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm really glad. I really like your answer. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I, I'm <laughs> glad that we spoke about this. I definitely, it was cathartic for me. But uh, yeah. I hope it was helpful for some people. And to balance out the one-star reviews that are inevitably going to come and the, the hate that you're going to see in the, in the review section, please, if you found this the least bit helpful, please leave a five-star review and please leave a written review because I promise you the one-star reviews with the hate that is going to come in is going to be wild. And um, I know I just tanked my business with everything I just spoke about, but if, if you can support it, it would mean the world to me. Um, and be safe. Be very cautious. Be aware of your surroundings. Things might get a little bit crazy right now with everything going on. And I don't think just in the Middle East. I think even here in the, in the United States and all over the world. So I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon.